afternoon, and thanks so much for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference. I'm Kimberly Shirk. I'll be your moderator for today's show. I am joined by co-authors Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage, our experts in management techniques, the research behind them, and why effectively implementing them can really make a difference in your organization. So today's topic for discussion is Rise Above the Politics. This is described in Chapter 59 of Managing to Make a Difference, and um, I'm just intrigued even by the title, so I know we're going to have a great discussion today. I thought maybe we could kick things off with something that is likely really obvious to our audience members today. Politics in any organization is just an undeniable fact. So, Larry, you want to just kick us off with what exactly is so undeniable about this and, and where are we going today? Well, it's undeniable in, in the same way that, uh, you know, the moon is undeniable. Uh, it's, it's a fact of life. If you have more than a couple of people in an organization, you're going to have politics. It's the way human beings are built. And uh, I, I've, you know, many people complain about the politics in their organization and they wish there were no politics, but uh, that wishing it will not make it go away. The fact is that politics exists, so we have to accept it, and we we certainly ignore it at our peril. So let's just all acknowledge that every organization has politics, and it doesn't mean that you have to make that the focus of how you operate in the organization, but it does mean that if you ignore the politics, uh, that decision may not serve you well. Kim, what comes to mind for you? Well, when you look at the definition of politics, it's simply the process of making decisions that apply to members of a group. So as Larry says, you know, anytime you're in relationship with one or more people, or maybe we should say two or more people, because that makes a group, right? There's going to be some kind of politics going on. There's going to be some kind of decision-making about the things that pertain to that group. When we talk about politics, it often takes on this negative connotation. Um, And I think that's really what most of us kind of respond to and react to is when that decision-making process has elements of it that maybe aren't fair, um, maybe aren't equally accessible to all members of the group, Um, or have other kinds of characteristics. But you're right, politics are always going to exist. The question is, what are you going to do with it? And playing politics is a talent. Some people are really good at it, and I'll bet every single listener can identify people in their organization or in their the history of their career where they've known people who are really, really good at the politics. And, and there are others, and I would include myself in the others, who are just not good at it at all. And what Kim and I are advocating in the book and what we're advocating on this broadcast is never mind being good at the politics. I mean, that, you know, that's not what creates value. So in any organization, when you're at work, what you ought to be, what you ought to be trying to do is be productive, create some value, and not get distracted by the politics. And, and everybody has to participate to some degree. We, we get that. But let's make it minimal and let's participate 
in a way you can be proud of rather than, uh, rather than any other way. Well, and I think that's something we're probably going to come back to again in this broadcast, but let's say it at the outset. The title of the chapter is not Ignore Politics. It's not Avoid Politics. It's Rise Above Politics. And so this chapter is about what can you do instead? Given that it's real, what can you do? And this more than perhaps, uh, maybe not more than, but equally um, with other chapters in the book, it just gives a great outline of exactly like really tactical things that managers can do to rise above the politics within their organization. And so I don't want this broadcast to um, get away with us without really walking through some of those. So let's jump right in. The first one that you highlight in the book is deliver exemplary performance. So let's talk about that. Well, you know, that ought to be the most obvious to people who want to rise above the politics. People who play the politics may not care about delivering exemplary performance. And we mentioned, you know, we mentioned things like nepotism uh, and sycophantism. You know, look that one up on the Internet, sycophantism. This is people who are sycophants. They're, they're kissing up to their boss and, and other ways to play politics. But when you deliver exemplary performance, you put yourself in a position of power because every organization that is rational wants to take care of people who are delivering exemplary performance, people who are taking care of the organization's customers, people who are taking care of the organization's employees, people who are taking care of the organization's money, of the organization's physical assets like the building where you work and the, the other pieces of equipment that uh, you might have to use in your particular organization. So people who are delivering exemplary performance give themselves a great platform to rise above the politics of the organization because the organization wants to retain you and they want to meet your needs. Well, I'm glad you used the word power, Larry, because it really is critical to thinking about politics. Politics is about who has the power to make those decisions about the group or to influence those decisions about the group. And the reality is that you can get that power in a lot of different kinds of ways. As you said, you can get it by kissing up and being a sycophant. You can get it by through nepotism. You can get it because somebody says that's your role, whether you've earned it or not. Um, you can also get that kind of power and influence because you've earned it through exemplary performance. And this is a way that you rise above the politics so that it is something that is impactful and meaningful to the organization and not something else that's more manipulative and self-serving. You know, it wasn't long ago that we were talking about exerting moral authority, and it strikes me that there might be a thread of continuity between rising above the politics and, and having established some of that moral authority. Oh, absolutely. Uh, because if you're rising above the politics, that means you are making decisions and taking actions based on what you think is best for the organization and the people who are being served by the organization, as opposed to what is best for you. You talked a little bit about um, not ignoring the politics, that that might be at your peril. Um, let's talk a little bit more about that and talk about um, 
How does that contrast with like taking the high road? Well, uh, I don't know if it. I don't know if it contrasts with taking the high road. There are two different things, though. Mm-hmm. So not ignoring the politics means that if there is somebody in the organization who is protected for some reason, they're the boss's nephew. They are whatever, for whatever reason, that they uh, will get benefits from the organization even though they may not have earned them through their performance. So the boss's nephew may be, uh, gets to work later, doesn't, doesn't really strive for exemplary performance, but nevertheless is going to retain his job and, and uh, uh, get, a, get, get that paycheck, uh, whatever. So the point is, if you're dealing with the boss's nephew, who spends a lot of time with the boss's wife, when you're talking to that nephew, you need to bear in mind that that nephew is going to be influential with the boss's wife and the wife is going to be influential with the boss. And you need to just bear that in mind while you're interacting with that nephew. That's what we mean about paying attention to the politics. In a previous organization, Uh, which I will not name. I was the VP of HR and there was a VP of sales and marketing. And it was evident to to all of us that the VP of sales and marketing was the favorite uh, of the president of the organization. And this VP of marketing could do no wrong. And if you got into any sort of conflict with this individual, It didn't matter whether you were right. The president was going to support this individual no matter what. So you might have decided to get into a dispute with him, and I did on more than one occasion. But, you know, I had to understand that going in, the president was not going to start out being on my side. And, and that affects the decisions you're going to make. That affects not only what you do, but how you're going to go about doing it. And so when we're talking about not ignoring the politics, that's what we're talking about. It seems um, almost as if you have a choice. And, and as we do with every day, right? Play the game. You can advance by jumping into the political fray or um, rising above it and... Um, maybe taking the ad value route. And I think probably the, our listeners can think of any number of people in their organization that take both routes. So the question is, what prompts you to decide which way to go? Your own character. You have to decide what kind of person you're going to be. So you can play politics and do things that uh, selfishly gain you more power in the organization, maybe gain you more money, et cetera. Uh, but at the end of the day, you haven't made a difference in anybody's life. You haven't created value. And if that's all you want, then good, go for it. So what determines these choices is absolutely going to be your character and what kind of person do you want to see when you look in that mirror? 
We are coming up on our first break here. We're going to take that break. Um, but uh, before we do, I want to let you know that uh, all of these podcasts are born of the book, Managing to Make a Difference. And um, recently released just this past spring, you can still get copies. If you want your entire company to read it, you can go at 800ceoreads.com. And they'll even brand uh, the books for your corporate event. So we encourage you not only to pick up a book for yourself, but consider doing it for your team as well. We know that Larry and Kim wrote this book because they wanted to do more than just manage. They wanted to manage and make a difference. And we know that the tips that they share throughout this, and we hope that that's what this podcast provides, some tactical tools for you to take back to your team. So consider that. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Managing to Make a Difference. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily, and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Ritas is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right.
whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Managing to Make a Difference this afternoon with Larry Sternberg and Kim Turnage. We hope that you will take the time to visit our website at managetomakeadifference.com. You will actually find additional materials and exercises that go along with all of these podcast topics that we're talking about, as well as all the information you need to order books for you or for your team. So we hope you check that out today. We have been discussing some thoughts from Chapter 59 of the book, Managing to Make a Difference. And this chapter particularly is called Rise Above the Politics. And we really got into that in the first segment. You know, it didn't say jump into the politics. It didn't say ignore the politics. It said rise above the politics. And um, we have some really tactical things that are addressed right in this chapter um, that we want to get to. So, um, Kim, I know we talked a little bit about delivering exemplary performance in the first segment. But um, what else do you want to talk about? Yeah, there are there are seven specific strategies in the book, and we're probably not going to hit all of them today. One of the ones that I want to make sure we don't miss is this one, make friends. The reason I want us to talk about it is that there are ways in which people could take that advice and see it as playing politics. And what I want to say is that our advice is not to make friends with certain people or make friends with the right people, um, you know, make friends with the people who can help you. Our advice is make friends. And what we mean by that is be a person in the community of your organization who knows people, who knows what matters to them, who understands what their values are and what they're trying to achieve, and is a resource to them who helps them achieve their goals. Be that person for multiple people in your organization. Be a good listener. Be helpful. Be someone who asks questions. Be kind. Be there when people need help and offer it. Be a friend and make friends in your organization. And this is a way to rise above the politics. And I, I want to add in terms of making friends, uh, Kim touched on this, but show some interest in, in uh, other people as, as human beings. Ask them what was the high point of their vacation Ask them how their kids are doing. Uh, th- this is what friends do for each other. Uh, occasionally join people for some sort of social event. Uh, we all know we're all busy. We all know there are family things and other, other demands on people's time. Uh, and even if you can't do it, you can still be friends. You, if you haven't talked to somebody in a while, you can just stroll over to their desk or their office, uh, whatever their work area is, and say, hey, uh, we we haven't chatted in a while. Just was thinking of you, how you're doing. And and maybe they're a remote employee. Uh, and I, I've been a remote employee in organizations. And I can tell you, it can get lonely when you're working out of your home office and uh, just getting a call once in a while where there's no business item to discuss where somebody says, hey, 
I was just thinking about you. How are things going out there in Timbuktu? And and uh, that's also part of being a friend is just letting people know you're thinking about them. And something we have to add to that is that this has to be sincere. Don't do it because you should. Don't do it because it's on this list. Do it because you genuinely care about other people and you care about what's happening with them and you care about helping them succeed. Do it with that intent, with no ulterior motive, no other agenda in mind. Just make friends. You know, many people have told me, and I'm sure many people have told each of our listeners, this is not a personality uh, uh, contest, a popularity contest, rather. This is not a popularity contest at work, particularly if you're a manager. And, you know, to a a sense, that's true. But Kim Turnage and I have analyzed hundreds and hundreds of highly successful executives. And we can assure you that successful executives know that it's easier to get things done in any organization if people like you. And if they're your friends, you can ask them to do things that that if they're not your friend, they're not going to be inclined to do. So don't over-respond to people who say it's not a popularity contest. It matters whether people like you or not. It's easier for you to accomplish your goals if you've made friends in your organization. It strikes me, too, that you have enough people rising above the politics, um, making good friends just out of an authentic, like, uh, desire to be a good person and to establish those relationships because we spend so much time at work. That's that's just a natural, I mean, it makes it a lot better, right, to go into work if you're going into work with a lot of friends. And it strikes me that if you have enough people within your culture that embrace that idea, that the politics of the organization in a negative light that we often think of them when we hear that term may be tamped down at the very least. Yeah, it may be. And I just want to add this is uh, on the topic of making friends and where I know that many of our listeners are in management and leadership positions. And one of the things I've really, really enjoyed in my career is when a new employee starts, even if they're not on my team, when a new employee starts, it's not unusual for them to get off to a little bit of uh, a rocky start. They don't know the culture. They, they, you know, they want to fit in. And, and there are times when certain employees just are not getting off to that wonderful, smooth start that we all wish would happen. I really enjoy making friends with those people. I, you know, it's kind of an underdog mentality for me. I really enjoy making sure that they know that there is at least one person who is on their side, who is their ally. And I encourage our listeners to think about that when it comes to making friends, is make sure you you make friends with new people who are starting so that you can be very helpful in helping them get off to the best start. And these kinds of alliances don't keep you from holding people accountable. 
Um, that's one thing that is often misunderstood about relationships and, and power. <laughs> um, there's this idea that, well, if you're friends with somebody, it might be harder for you to call them out if they're not doing what they need to do, or it might be harder for you to have that difficult confrontational conversation with them about their performance. And, you know, our position on that is, yeah, it might not feel as good, but they're going to hear it better from you than they will from someone else because they know that you have their best interest at heart and they know that you are their ally and here you are having this difficult conversation with them um, in the hopes that you can help them improve or help them overcome this problem. Yeah, this is uh, th- this point you're making is a hot button for me, Kim. Uh, th- this whole notion that uh, the closer you are to your people, the harder it is to uh, discipline them or have a, uh, a difficult, critical conversation with them. If that were true, parents wouldn't be able to have these kinds of interactions with their children. It is not true that when you get close to people, you can't hold them accountable, you can't discipline them, and you can't constructively criticize them. Parents do this, or good parents do this all the time. So please get rid of that notion that being friends with people is going to make it more difficult to hold them accountable or to have those difficult conversations. As Kim says, the closer your relationship, the easier it is to have those conversations. We have a situation going on right now where uh, uh, we're in Lincoln, Nebraska, the headquarters of Town Plus, uh, and there is a situation going on right now where a couple of state senators are being uh, very critical of the university president uh, for certain decisions uh, and actions that the university has taken. And instead of calling the president and talking to him about it, they decided to write a letter to the editor of the newspaper and publish all their grievances in the newspaper. And the president is saying, hey, why, why don't you just call me? Well, if you're friends with somebody and you have a grievance, you probably aren't going to publish it publicly. You're, you're more likely to work it out with your friend and say, you know, I don't understand why you, you made this decision. This, this really looks like a bad decision to me. Let's talk about it. That's the way friends work through things. And, and so had those people been friends, I think uh, they would have come to a, a, a resolution, a little bit more mutual understanding uh, than, than the way it's going now. So that's just an illustration of if you make friends with people, it's easier to work through situations where you're going to be critical of what they've done. I really like that illustration, Larry, because while we are talking about people who are in government, um, you know, what you're talking about is a political response regardless of whether it's in politics or not. This is a political response. It's a political response. And in fact, uh, and by the way, this just occurred this morning. And and there are already uh, people who are saying that these two particular state senators uh, did this because it helped them with their voters, not not because they thought it was the best thing to do for the state or the university. So, and, and I don't know what their motivation is. Their motivation may have been completely pure, but to Kim's point, it was a political response uh, rather than a response that a friend would have made to another friend. 
We're going to take another quick break. We um, do want to let you know that within this book, each chapter has a lesson and they have an experiment. We really wanted this to be a toolkit, not just a, hey, this is what we think you should do without some practical takeaways for you. So it's literally a workbook. We've even had people suggest that it should be spiral bound so that we can flip through it and mark it up and use it as lessons. So we want to just encourage you with that uh, as you consider um, purchasing your own copy of Managing to Make a Difference. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back with the third segment. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. Asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
Do you have a question related to a topic or another management issue you'd like us to address on managing to make a difference? We want to hear from you. All you have to do is simply click that email host button just above the podcast description and we will work those topics into our upcoming podcasts. Today we're talking about chapter 59 in the book, Managing to Make a Difference, entitled Rise Above the Politics. And one of the things we talked about, Larry shared a great example right here in the state of Nebraska that we're dealing with right now. And um, and you're both bouncing off the idea that these legislators um, publicly had some uh, – had broadcast, I guess, some messages against the president of the university rather than just approaching him one-on-one. And um, Kim, you really talked about the fact that this really honed in exactly what we're talking about, because when politicians are facing re-election or facing something like that, and again, I don't know what their motivation was either, but that can become a time when they feel backed up against the wall and politics really rise. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I I think we could just wrap that up by saying, you know, when you're friends with somebody, when you can just go have that conversation as a legislator with the university president and say, hey, this is not good for our state or, you know, whatever your position is on that. When you can have that conversation, it doesn't force your hand to take what we would all say, whether it's happening in politics or not, is a very political sort of manipulative action which is to call somebody out publicly on what's going on before a discussion has happened. So, you know, that's why we, in that last segment, talked about how making friends is a way to rise above the politics because it allows you to be effective. It allows you to add value and get things done and get your perspectives heard without engaging in that negative connotation of politics. I feel like this naturally just walks us right into another one of the seven um, suggestions that you have in this that is practice diplomacy. So let's talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, disputes are going to occur. And I think this topic of practicing diplomacy uh, is very important in our society right now because we see people who have opposing points of view and they are very adversarial about it. And that's what those senators were doing, those state senators. They were being adversarial. Uh, and, and, but we see so many people demonizing others who happen to hold a different opinion. And that is the opposite of diplomacy. Diplomacy uh, allows you to disagree with somebody without being disagreeable. You don't have to insult somebody to disagree with them. You can, you can honor them as a human being and you can show them respect by instead of saying to them, that's ridiculous, you can say, you know what, I have a different point of view. <laughs> I, I disagree with that. And, and uh, so diplomacy uh, is about stating your position in ways that don't offend other people and allow them to stay in the conversation in a constructive way. And when people practice diplomacy, they're going to they're going to get more done. They're going to be welcome in everybody's office, in everybody's conversation, even when they disagree, because you can still show great respect for the person on the other side of that disagreement. So that's what diplomacy is about. 
Well, I like that you're putting in the even when you disagree, because there is where diplomacy is, is does its finest work. Um, it, because being diplomatic is not the same as being quiet. It's not the same as not having a statement. It's not the same as not pushing for a particular result. It's, as you say, doing it in a way that keeps people engaged positively in the interaction and keeps them on your team to get to some kind of resolution. And as I say, in in my uh, not-so-humble opinion, there's not enough of this going on in in these particular times when people on different sides of an issue are demonizing each other and insulting each other and and not practicing diplomacy you could they could still both hold their positions they could still advocate for their positions they could still point out deficiencies in each other's uh, support of their positions but they could do it in a way that has some class And Kim, one of the things you referenced there was being able to engage positively. And that's another one of our key takeaways, right? Be positive. And so what is it about being positive that allows you to rise above those politics? I think being positive takes on two separate um, tracks here. One is being positive in your interactions with other people, being being a positive force. Um, The other is Recognizing that whatever situation you find yourself in, you personally can remain positive about something. You can find something to be grateful for. You can find something to be optimistic about. Um, You can make some kind of positive difference, even if you find yourself in a very negative situation. And so there's sort of like the more passive positivity of finding what's positive in your negative situation. And then there's that more active positivity of creating positive, positive interactions so intentionally. And, and being someone who improves the morale of your team. And the, the, so this is one of the seven uh, tactics that we are recommending and you just gain more uh, higher regard when you're the person who's positive. And so it makes it easier for you to rise above the politics. I mean, if we just review for a moment the tactics that we've talked about, if you're delivering exemplary performance, if you're known for your positivity and your contributions to uh, the morale of the organization, if you are making friends for the right reasons, and if you're practicing diplomacy, I assure you, you are putting yourself in a very, very strong position to rise above whatever the politics of the moment might be in your organization. Here's a question that just came to my mind. What happens if you are finding yourself within a team who loves the politics, who loves the drama, loves the um, this and that, and he said, she said, and I just, I only imagine, I haven't experienced this personally, but I only imagine there's someone there listening to us that, that feels like how in the world me as a single manager or individual reporting to a manager, how in the world can I rise above it when I'm surrounded by it? 
I'm going to ask Kim to go first so I don't bogart the whole uh, segment with my reply. <laughs> that's that's good. Uh, <laughs> diplomacy in action. Um, I, I think that what you can do in that situation is just be true to yourself. Don't be carried away by what everyone else around you is going to be doing or saying or, you know, what gets them excited. As Larry said at the top of the show, a lot of what's behind rising above the politics is being true to your own character and not falling into or becoming kind of a part of that system of power struggle, um, for lack of a better word, by engaging in it. So rise above by holding true to your own character. If that's the way you feel in that situation, just stay out of it. And I'm going to go uh, farther than that. Uh, one of the other tactics we recommend is confront bad behavior. And, and uh, Kim Shirk, what you brought up, about gossiping and he said, she said, which is gossip, et cetera, that's bad behavior. And so I have been uh, in, in, I've been in situations where there was a lot of that going on uh, in the workplace. And in addition to not engaging in it, I would actively, but diplom diplomatically, I would say to someone, how do you know she said that? Well, Joe told me she said that. And I would say, I would talk about the telephone game. We've all played the telephone game, right? And, and I would point out to them without criticizing them, I would say, you know, I don't think you have any idea what that person said because you didn't hear, hear what the person said. And in fact, that person might not have actually said anything all you know is what Joe told you, and that may be distorted. In fact, it almost certainly is distorted because we've all played the telephone game. So I would encourage you to take a different point of view, and I believe we don't, we don't really know what that individual said, and we just need to discount that. So I'm a little bit more uh, uh, aggressive about confronting that kind of behavior. And I, and I will tell you, when I've done that, people don't like it. They don't like me pointing out that they're, they're making this declaration that she said X. And I'm saying, you know what? You don't really know that. Uh, however, I do it and I do it as diplomatically as, as I can possibly do it. And I suspect that as well, you would, you would choose your battles. Yeah. You, you may do it on that issue every time because it's a principle for you. Um, but there are going to be some issues on which you choose not to speak at sometimes because you do pick your battles. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which is another of the seven. <laughs> right. You know, you know, we said we may not get to all of them. We may do that yet, but we are going to take may. a quick break. Um, what I want to encourage you about uh, right now is that Larry uh, often does speaking engagements, and um, this book is chock full of chapters of all kinds of different topics. And if you have ever been uh, privileged to be in the room with Larry as he speaks, uh, and as you are now in your living room or your car or your office or wherever you're hearing us now, but in person, it's a whole different ballgame, and he's so engaging. So 
If you want Larry to come and speak to your organization, please reach out to us. You can reach out to us through that website, managetomakeadifference.com. You can email us right through the podcast, that email us button, and we can uh, put you in contact with them. It's really great to know that if your organization is specifically targeting certain issues that you are facing as a culture that you want to overcome, that Larry can literally customize his management talks to deal with exactly what you're working through. So we'd encourage you to do that. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Managing to Make a Difference. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. In your business, are you on top of your PR game? PR is what tells your story. Whether it's the business itself, key people in your business, or showing your best face to the public, listen for the brand ambassadors. Host Merritt Hamilton Allen with co-host Gary Potterfield will discuss effective presentation ideas, building your personal brand, risk management, crisis communication, and more. Focus your business goals and PR resources. Listen live Fridays at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Managing to Make a Difference with Larry Sternberg and Kim Turnage. Today we're talking about Rise Above the Politics, Chapter 59 in the book. And what we really left off with is Pick Your Battles. And I wondered, Larry, if you had some insight on picking your battles. Yeah, you just you have to take a stand sometimes, uh, but you really have to be thoughtful about it. And you're not going to win all your battles. And there are times when 
you know, you just don't want to pick that battle. And uh, there's a story in the book occurred to me many years ago uh, where a very, very senior individual in the organization I was working in uh, just didn't like me. And this individual did all kinds of things to undermine me. So this was all politics. And uh, he even uh, occasionally insulted me in public. And I had a team of people reporting to me, and they, they were furious. And they, they said to me, Larry, you, you, you have to fight back. And I, uh, I made the decision that this was not a battle I wanted to fight. And I refused to respond in kind. I continued to treat this gentleman with a great deal of respect and deference to his position. Uh, And after a while, what I said to people was, everybody in the organization is going to figure out what he's like, and everybody in the organization is going to figure out what I'm like. And I am going to take the high road here. And and at, it happened the way I was confident it would happen. He discredited himself because the more he did those kinds of things, the more he humiliated himself and caused people to lose respect for him. And it, so it, it kind of backfired on him. And it leads into the seventh uh, point that we haven't gotten to, which is conduct yourself with class. And I'm just going to read a few of the sentences in there. Uh, Conduct yourself with impeccable integrity. Lift others up. Do not tear them down. Do not complain. Do not speak about other people off the record. That's what we mean when we're talking about conducting yourself with class and do not put your self-interest above what is best for the organization. And, And so when you do the seven things that we've talked about in this, in this broadcast, uh, you will put yourself in a position to rise above the politics and you'll be able to focus on creating value for your organization and for all the people it serves. When, uh, when there is an opportunity to rise above the politics um, and you try and you have worked through it and you're getting nowhere because the politics are so laborious, where does that leave you at? Kim, what comes to mind for you there? Well, that's one of the parts of the lesson that's in this chapter. Um, that look, take the high road. We've we've talked about the idea that taking the high road is not the same as ignoring the politics. Take the high road. The reality is, when that doesn't work, when you've tried everything that you can do within your character to rise above the politics, and you still cannot succeed and those politics continue to hold you back, you need to start looking for another job. You need to look for another environment where you can be more successful and more effective um, and not be beleaguered by this kind of political environment. Absolutely. When, what happens when there's too much of that sort of thing? Uh, like people talking about uh, who said what to whom and, and spending all of their time on those things. You're not productive. You're spending all of your time on these sorts of issues and you're not focusing on being productive. You're not focusing on creating value. And by the way, uh, you're, you're, what you are creating is a lot of negativity. 
and you're drained. At the end of the day, you're drained because you've been focusing on these very unpleasant uh, uh, issues that that you don't need. It's always a choice what you focus on. Every organization has stuff that's going on that's really good, and every organization has stuff that's going on that's not so good. And it's it's a choice every single day. Uh, what am I going to focus on here? Am I going to take my friend aside and start complaining about this or that that the organization just did? Or am I going to focus on creating some value here, getting some work done and serving our clients? And that's a, that's a choice you can make every day. You mentioned something about the former dean of Cornell, uh, maybe a wise, a sage piece of advice that uh, that he gave you some time ago. Well, he gave it to all of us. I, I was working in an agency that doesn't exist anymore. It was called the Civil Aeronautics Board, and a gentleman by the name of Alfred Kahn became the uh, head of this agency. It was a cabinet-level post, and just before that, he, he was the dean of Cornell University. And he used to say frequently, you know, I can't do this job properly if I am worried about whether or not I'm going to be reappointed. And I can't tell you how much moral authority he gained and how much respect he gained from everybody who was working in that agency. And we have way too many people uh, these days who will say uh, what is good for them, whether or not it's good for the organization, and who will not take a stand to do what's right. Uh, and and we, we need more people like Alfred Kahn. Kim, as we wrap up today, what are the topics that come to your mind? We've hit a lot of the seven um, key takeaways here, but, but what comes to mind as we wrap up? We have. Uh, what I would like to say as we wrap up is to take us back out and zoom out to the bigger picture. Um, this chapter is part of a section that has multiple chapters, but that section is entitled Shape Your Culture. And as a manager and as a leader, when you can rise above the politics and when you can take a different road, you are actively shaping the culture of your organization in a very positive way that will make a positive difference for many, many people in that organization. Final thoughts, Larry? Uh, I just want to second what Kim says. If you uh, choose to buy the book, uh, I sh- this is a very important chapter, and those seven principles can really help you make a difference in the lives of the people you work with. We want to thank you again so much for taking some time out of your afternoon to spend with us on this podcast. We'll be um, coming to you again with another podcast next week as well, so we sure hope that you'll stay tuned for the next topic that we'll be broaching. And if you have any questions about this management issue or any other management issue you're facing, feel free to reach out to us. We will absolutely address those in future podcasts. Till next week, thank you so much for joining us and have a great day. Thank you for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference with Talent Plus's Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. We hope these real-life management examples will help you manage teams across the globe. Just a reminder, this series airs on Voice America, the business channel, each Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. We hope you'll tune in next week for Managing to Make a Difference. Until then... 
put these practices into place and manage to make a difference.